Welcome to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast with John Kim and Noelle Cordeaux. If you're inspired to begin your own life coaching practice or just want to learn a little bit more about what it's all about, visit journey.co. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O for more information. Your adventure awaits. Hey guys, on this week's episode, the yin and yang of compassion. Noel, what, what does that mean, the yin and yang of compassion? Well, it's actually self-compassion. Oh, self-compassion. The yin and yang of self-compassion. And I want to highlight that this is coming from the work of Kristen Neff, who is a positive psychologist, and she is renowned for her work on self-compassion. And this stems from traditional Chinese philosophy. Mm. So in traditional Chinese philosophy, there are two parts to self-compassion, the feminine and the masculine. Right. And I will note that, um, you know, as far as like describing certain qualities and characteristics as feminine and masculine, I don't really agree with those gender terms, but since we're talking about traditional Chinese philosophy, I'm content to roll with it Sure. for, for the moment. So um, in yin self-compassion, that would be considered the feminine version, and that is um, consoling yourself, um, that would be comforting, soothing, validating yourself. And then in the yang version of self-compassion, which would be considered the masculine aspect of it, that would be more active, protecting, Mm. providing, and motivating. I like this. It's interesting. Um, You know, what's interesting is is it gives you kind of a, a floor plan or uh, a way into compassion if if you if you're a little bit lost on how to practice self-compassion. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was really eye-opening for me because I tended to think of self-compassion only in terms of the yin version of comforting, soothing, validating. Right. And I really hadn't considered action as part of self-compassion. So you know what's interesting is I've only, or I, I kind of generally tend to just think about the the masculine, which is uh, the action, not so much the the yin, the feminine. Maybe there, maybe there is something to the gendered. I I, I think so, absolutely, and I think it's uh, it, it's also, um, you know, it's also like a feminine and masculine energy. Mm-hmm. It's not yes, just that's just true. yeah. So let's give some examples. So what would be some examples of the, the yin and then what would be some examples of the yang? What would be some examples of the, the feminine and the masculine when it comes to self-compassion? Yeah. So as we're going through this, this is a really great exercise that you can use as a life coach. You can use it with your clients. You can use it with your friends. And what she should do just to practice this out is think of a real life situation in which you're having difficulty. Like you may be experiencing stress at work or you may have had an argument with a a family member. Do you have anything, John, that you want to talk about today that we can play around with? Um, uh, My dad, my dad's going through uh, his later years and I think he might be uh, done. (laughs) So I guess that would fall under the umbrella of grieving, maybe possibly. I'm not sure yet. We'll see today. But um, losing someone, you know, which everyone goes through. Yeah. So that's really heavy. So, you know, first of all, love to you. 
Thank you. Love to your dad. And um, thank you for, you know, trusting me with that really delicate topic to kind of roll with this today. I really honor that. So thank you. Yeah, for sure. Um, So as we're talking about your dad, you know, this is this is a life situation that's bringing stress, um, sadness. And let's back up a little bit and go through three core components of self-compassion. And this is according to Kristen Neff's theoretical model. So we have, first of all, self-kindness, mm-hmm. where you're looking at yourself and saying, I, John, have the capacity to be kind to myself and to feed myself emotionally in this moment. Right. So a lot the of people, sec- a lot of people, when, when someone is uh, either in a hospital uh, or a loved one is um, hurt, it's easy for them to lose lose uh, their life in a way, right? Because they're they're giving a lot and they're not thinking. They're about giving themselves. a lot, projecting maybe codependence, maybe old family scripts. Yeah. You know, there's a lot that goes in here. And then uh, the second component of self compassion is being able to attach to common humanity in your experience. Mm of saying, you know, this experience that I'm going through in life, I am actually connected to every single other human out there who exists on this planet and who has come before me. Right. That your experience is universal. And then the third component of self-compassion is saying, and in that, I know that I'm not alone in my suffering, that every other human out there has also gone through this and will go through it. Yeah. How does it feel to you to hear me say that? Um, it feels good. It feels like uh, uh, someone stretching me a little bit and, and showing me um, different sides of this, not just, uh, you know, the one-sided. So so what's interesting is that there is sadness, of course, but there, there's this other piece, and, and I think this also uh, is interesting with self-compassion, where so yesterday he had uh, surgery and <clears throat> his his heart stopped so he, he technically died for a few minutes and so when your heart stops your brain uh, you have brain damage and so now today we don't know how much brain damage but I, I would rather have him pass than he become a vegetable and then you know my mom is taking care of him twenty four seven and then so for me having that thought the guilt. Um, of having that thought, so allowing myself to be um, forgiving of of how I feel, <laughs> if that makes yes. sense. Yes, yes, and and so you're seeing freedom in this situation. You're seeing freedom for your mom. You're seeing freedom for your dad. You're seeing freedom for yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also, you know, um, because he he is family. With that comes you know, a lot of stuff that comes stirred up and, and, and anger and, and who he was and who he wasn't and, and, and uh, you know, allowing yourself to actually feel those things and not judging them. Because when we think that someone passes, it should just be sadness. And it's not, you know. Oh, no, it's it's incredibly complex emotions. And especially if, when you're dealing with a parent, you know, those roots go so deep down into your childhood. And into multi-generational childhoods that have made up your whole lineage. So this is, you know, what you're experiencing right now is, is, is one of the most poignant times of your lifetime. Mm. Yeah, I think also, um, just in general, uh, you know, nothing 
gives you new lenses faster than life or death, um, either birth or not, you know, nothing else will change your life so fast. So, um, we will see, but, uh, self-compassion definitely is, uh, is, a I think a big piece of this. Yeah. So, and there, there is, um, there's so much beauty in this, you know, this is the tapestry of your life. And this is, you know, in the course of your hero's journey, this is a big one. Yeah, I think so. And, um, there's, uh, you know, I, I it, it's not like a sudden thing. He's been, he's been, um, quote unquote dying for, you know, the last seven years. And, uh, there's a, there's a part of me that feels like, uh, when he goes, um, something will shift in me where it's like, you know, a new chapter, um, a, a moving forward, uh, an evolution, all of that stuff with life. Yeah. Well, I am, I'm excited for you to experience the peace and I'm excited for your, your dad to experience his next chapter. And, um, let's, let's dive into the compassion tactics here. So step one is comforting. Mm. So what is one thing that you can do or that you can ask for from me or everybody else in, in your world? What is one thing that you can do to take care of your own emotional needs? Um, I mean, you, you, I mean, you, you're already super supportive as a friend and, and, um, a partner in the company, but I, I, I don't really have anything to ask of you. Okay. <laughs> I, I probably won't be in the 9 a.m. meeting today, but other than that, I, that I, cause I have to go to the hospital, but I don't ha- really have anything to ask of you. Uh, cause you're already giving me that, you know, I already know that, that you care and that you're there for me. What can you do to take care of your own emotional needs? Um, I, for me, and this is, this is interesting because this is where the masculine thing kicks in, um, the action driven. So I'm not going to stop my day, uh, because that would be worse for me. So I'm going to, um, go work out. I'm going to go, right. I'm going to do everything that I do on a normal day, um, go do sessions and all that. And then if, if I am, you know, called to go to the hospital, I will go, but I'm not going to stay at home and just be in my head. Okay. So you're going to continue your life in order to ward off a ruminating mind. Yes. That to me, that is uh, self compassion slash self care. That is, that's really good. I'm proud of you for that. Awesome. So now we're going into soothing. This is still the yin aspect of self compassion. What is one thing that you can do to make yourself physically calmer and more at ease? Mm-hmm. It's funny because I'm like drinking a pot of coffee right now, but um, I would say uh, um, some kind of meditation or some kind of um, creating a space today where I could uh, um, connect with nature, maybe a walk, um, you know, be, be mindful. Yes, I love that. Like grounding. with nature. Yes. Yes, I was, I was actually going to recommend grounding. Mm-hmm. So for those of you listening along, grounding is when you use your senses to connect to your physical reality. So a simple uh, exercise is to place your hand on a table, on a smooth surface, and to really take in the texture of that table, the temperature of the surface that you're feeling, and to let your fingers work into the grooves of the table and really focus on that feeling and that sensation. Same thing with um, grounding while walking, noticing your feet on the ground, what the sensation of that feels like, or if you're sitting in a chair or lying down, to notice what it feels like to be held by the chair or the bed. Yeah, I really think that um, 
it's such a great anchor to pull you out of any kind of mental spinning, um, you know, uh, uh, grounding yourself, using mindfulness, using all your senses. It, it's, uh, it's powerful, it, you know, especially if you practice it, not just once, yeah. but all the time. All the time. And, and it's really good awareness to know that you have this practice and you can use these skills mm -hmm. and this can support you. Um, and now we're still in the yin area, but we're moving into validating. So what is one thing that you can say to yourself to validate your feelings through this time? Um, that you're a good son. I think I have a lot of guilt over, um, you know, when a parent passes, you also start to evaluate yourself and if you were good and... Um, all of that stuff that comes up, you know, what you could have done, you know, you start re replaying the past and your, 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 um, your relationship with your, whoever is dying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So validating your feelings by looking at your humanity, seeing yourself in context, mm -hmm. seeing yourself as human and imperfect and the belief that both you and your father at any given time in your relationship we're both doing the best you could. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, both of you, always. Everybody always does the best they can. Yeah. And that is something that's so important to remember about families. And, you know, I think about myself, and I'm 38 years old. I was eight when my mom was this age and I'm like, holy shit, I yeah. don't have it together even a little bit. Like my mom was still working on herself. Right. Right. Yeah. And you know, our, our parents are also from a different generation. So, um, they didn't have the internet and the, uh, Kettle's life coaching broker <laughs> intensive and, and other things and books and, and, you know, self betterment. I, I mean, it was there, but it wasn't like, uh, it is, it is here today. The access was different. Yeah. Access was different. And even the ability, uh, for men to, express vulnerability and emotions didn't exist. Oh yeah, that, that for sure. Um, the, the pressures of society and the definitions of man, um, all of that is changing now, which is very exciting. And, and especially my parents coming from a very poor, uh, war stricken country, um, their, their whole mindset was set on, uh, uh, how to survive and then coming to America with, you know, no, no, like $500 and, and uh, no education and not having the ability to speak English well. Um, it wasn't about like, let's read self betterment books. It was about how are we going to, you know, feed our kids? Like it, it was just fight or flight every day. And, but what warriors? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, that, how and that's brave. Yes. And I think that's, um, so, that's the, the things to, uh, look at, um, you know, the, the, how far they've come, um, not what they didn't give you because, no. because of low, you know, EQ. Yeah. And you know, the, the, the hero's journey that, that your parents and that your dad went through to, to take that stab of bravery, to go to another country where he didn't speak the language with little kids to make it work, uh, to sacrifice my God. That's incredible. Yeah. I, I think, um, I mean, many of our parents, but yeah, we, uh, I think we take for granted, um, you know, our lifestyle and, uh, I mean, it's, it's all subjective, I guess, but, uh, yeah, they, they, uh, when I think of it that way, they've, they've really, um, 
come a long way. Their character arc is pretty amazing. Their story. Oh, yeah. Their story is incredible. Their story is, and you know, I think that 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 character arc gets so um, kind of wallpapered over sometimes because our dominant culture is so commercialized and focused on the dominant culture. But when you really peel back and you look at the individual life stories, holy shit. Yeah. It's hard to see it as um, their child because of the relationship dynamic that we have. So uh, even today as a 46-year-old, if I spend time with my mom, um, you know, 90% of the conversation is uh, her nagging and telling me to put the seatbelt on. And like the other day, she, I mean, we were in a hospital, my dad's dying, and she was reminding me to wear clothes of color. So when I'm on my motorcycle, people can see me. And, <laughs> and, and you know, from the outside, that's kind of adorable, and I get it. But, um, you know, we, we as adults snap back into the 15 year old that was trying to, you know, uh, crawl out of our bedroom windows when we were a kid, when we we're around our parents. So it's hard to see and appreciate um, their story because we're, we're in it, because we grew up with them, you know? Sure. How is it for you to be having this conversation with me about it? It's great. I, I like it. It's comfortable. Um, I love, uh, and, and, you know, whoever's, li whoever's listening who uh, has interest in coaching, I mm -hmm. love how, um, A, it is a conversation, and two, it's not a conversation of just like, oh, I'm so sad. Oh, my God, I'm so sad. Like, like you know, like, like uh um, just being sad with me, but um, talking about stretching, expanding, seeing different angles, and uh, putting a flashlight on um, the positive. And so uh, you right now talking about uh, the hero's journey and how far they've come. Um, that's super helpful because it makes me, um, you know, pull myself out of myself as a son and see their story uh, as if it's a movie. And then it makes me appreciate uh, not only their their story and efforts, but like um, it gives me closure in a sense because I see a completeness in that. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. And your mom in context, I mean, it's wonderful that she wants you to wear bright colored clothes while you're riding your motorcycle. And it's almost masking what a lioness she is, because I happen to know a little bit about your mom, how she built businesses, commuted mm -hmm. two hours every day, yeah. worked like a, a titan, and she's a badass. Yeah, I mean, she would, <laughs> she, I guess in, in today's terms, she would be, um, for sure. I mean, yeah, she's, she st hasn't stopped working since she was 15. And, you know, so definitely like work ethic, it was, it was huge in, in my family. Total badass. And, and, you know, given all of her badassery, she just wants you to wear colorful clothes, John. <laughs> sure. And you could, you could also say that, you know, because she's losing or possibly losing her husband, you know, she also doesn't want to lose her son. So that subconsciously yeah. may be coming up. It may be, yeah. maybe Let, let's go into the yang. Let's go into the active, the active tenets of self-compassion. Mm -hmm. So now we're talking about protecting. So what's one thing that you can do to stop others that are causing you pain or mm. to stop the harm that you are inflicting on yourself? 
Um, I think it's some of what we're talking about. Um, when I when you say stop the harm that you're causing on yourself, uh, it's me judging myself as a son, um, what I've done, what I haven't done. You know, was I good? That kind of stuff. So you know, the, the self evaluation piece. Yeah. So let's pull the wool back there a little bit because I think this is really significant. So from a coaching perspective, when I'm listening to John. And he's saying that he's beating himself up and that he keeps running this script in his head of, I could have been a better son. To me as a coach, what I hear is negative automatic thoughts. I hear cognitive distortions and I hear limiting beliefs. So I know that John's thoughts are traveling down a very old road in his head that is just running these messages that are not helpful that are valid, that are connected to all of humanity, and that cannot possibly add anything positive to the situation. So how do we contend with these buggers? Because negative automatic thoughts are gnarly. And step one is awareness of what they are, because there's a big difference between feelings and facts. So the feeling is to want to ruminate, to beat yourself up. But the facts of the matter are that you have a large degree of control over your thoughts and you can choose to flip the railroad track in your brain and focus on the hero's journey arc of your parents. So, John, what do you want to say to yourself when these thoughts come up? How do you want to grind them to a halt? Um, I, I think going back to that statement, you said that we all do the best we can. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's enough, you know, mm -hmm. reminding myself of that. Yep. Awesome. So when these thoughts come up, the message to them is thank you for your message. I know that everyone is always just doing the best they can. And I find peace in that. Yeah. You're, you're protecting yourself. Yeah. 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 So awesome. now we're moving into, um, providing, so you talked a little bit about what you were going to do actively to give yourself what you need. What else? Um, you know, uh, nutrition, water, uh, don't forget about my own, my own self when it comes to, you know, just simple things like eating lunch and staying hydrated and maybe even getting, giving myself a treat or, you know, that stuff. Mm -hmm. I love that. How yeah. about physical touch? Sure. Sure. Getting hugs. Touch. Getting hugs from friends and, and family and all of that. Being open to that uh, instead of pushing myself away. Yes. Is that a natural tendency you have to push yourself away? Uh, I think so, generally. Um, I think it depends on the situation. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I grew up in a, in a very non-touchy, uh, you know, Korean household. So uh, just, uh, just to be aware of that and, and to, uh, you know, know the importance of physical touch and give that to yourself, I think is important. Awesome. Cool. And then the last piece of this is motivating. How can you motivate yourself with kindness, support, and understanding rather than criticism? Mm. How can I motivate myself? Um, I think part of it is stepping back and seeing the beauty of life and knowing that, um, you know, there's a beauty in impermanence. Uh, there's a beauty that um, there's a beginning, middle, and end, and a circle. And so, um, I guess for me, it, it just means that 
life continues to blossom and, and, and cycles continue to happen. And, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I, I feel like as I get older, um, seeing, seeing that letting go of the rock, right. Letting, letting the river take you, uh, makes me a lot less anxious and, uh, wanting to control things. So mm-hmm. going down the flow of life. That's beautiful. I yeah. mean, that's like, that's beautiful. And I, you know, and I think you really summed up, uh, if you were to paint a picture of this time, you know, what it would be. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And guys notice that, um, Noel is asking me questions instead of giving me answers, which, um, I find really helpful. I don't have any answers. Yeah, that's that's I think that's one of the 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 uh the fundamentals of life coaching is to not go into things thinking that you do because if she sat here and she was giving me all the answers, I would have stopped listening. Yes, and there's a there would be a hella ego on my part to possibly assume right, right. that I could answer anything about this very um precious sensitive time right now. Yeah. Well, thank you, Noel. And guys, self-compassion, uh, it's a practice and it's also a great way into uh, coaching someone. Yes. Thank you for your vulnerability, John, and oh, yeah. sending you so much love, like Absolutely. so much love. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you All soon. Right. Okay. Be well.